0: Welcome to BitFaced. Well, this was definitely the craziest panel I've ever done in my entire life. I got to sit down and be Space Ghost to Space Ghost himself, George Lowe, and I've never laughed so much, I think in a 45 minute period ever. I really hope you guys enjoy this panel. I read an article about the panel that said the panel got out of control in the best way possible. And I don't know if that was a comment to me as a moderator, but I met George before the panel and he told me, Eric, I am hell to moderate so I give you my blessing whatever you need to do while we're up there you do it but I'm just gonna go and that's exactly what he does so I really hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did also just a quick George Lowe story I was heading into the bathroom George was heading out he looked me right in the eyes and in his best space ghost voice said Eric we both urinate and that made my entire weekend so I really hope you guys enjoy this panel Thank you, of course, to Project Nerd for providing us with this audio. Elijah from Altered Reality Entertainment for giving us the panel. Caudar Springs Comic Con for being great hosts. And also, it's always good to see Juan and Gabe from Thinking Outside the Long Box in the audience. Enjoy George Lowe. The first time I heard George Lowe's voice was the same week that I discovered beer, not that the two are mutually exclusive. Space Ghost Coast Coast to Coast provided a level of absurdist and non sequitur humor that changed not only the landscape of animation, but also television comedy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to introduce the godfather of Adult Swim, George Lowe.
1: They got the good chairs in here. Hey kids, wait a minute. Now I got a present for each side. We, we've got, I prefer to use the French, mouchoir. There's mouchoir there. See, and now you can stay fresh. Mouchoir. Nice. It's not Ebola in a can, just grab it. He are so worried about? Look at these things. You watch, I'm gonna roll my fat ass right off the stage. <laughs> Do they tilt?
0: Eric's used to that. Where's the
1: adjusto thing? Wow, Fuji. Now I got a water boner. Hi, kids. Ooh, is that too loud? I hope not. I wouldn't want to injure anybody. (laughs) Let's have some fun. Free Pokemon stuff, booth four. Free Pokemon stuff, booth four. Look for the man with the lazy eye wearing the man skirt. Free Pokemon stuff. Booth 4. Do not go in the restroom. So Somebody had him some corn skittles. My, my, I'm, I'm sorry. We're doing okay, aren't we? You had questions and stuff. He's, look at this, he's got notes. We don't need no stinking notes. You brought notes? I'm. I'm sorry. I'm going to try, in in the spirit of all that is good, to to let this man who loves the show and who's spoken so highly and so kindly, get us in and out of some semblance of normalcy. By the way, meals ready to eat or soilent green. <laughs> Remember Phil Hartman doing that? Soilent green is people. It's. People. Free Pokemon stuff, booth five. Free Pokemon stuff, booth five. Clean up aisle seven. A lady just had a corn baby. Clean up aisle seven. I'm really sorry to the audio man. You're, you might want to lose those headphones, champ. <laughs> 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 Later on, when you go down the hall to the restroom and it's blood, it's like, oh, I never should have gone to the George Low panel. My ureters exploded. George. They call that the Denny Moore. George blew a Denny Moore, two guys peeing blood down the hall. Uh, the Denny Moore technique was well in play that day. You started in, in radio at a yeah, very young age. Yeah, how about that, radio.
0: Did you always know that you were going to use your, your, your were voice? where
1: talented people go to die. <laughs> <laughs> radio. Ugh. Now, I had I had a lot of fun in radio, and at the same time, people who realized, hey, this guy, uh, he's kind of unstoppable. You know, I would go in, they'd say these three things are happening in the news. Twenty minutes later, I'd be back with like three finished recorded bits, and and that scared some people in radio. The really smart ones that I knew would embrace it and say, we got to use him. You know, if, if we don't, the guy at the station next door is going to hire him, you know, and then we're going to have that coming against us. In Atlanta, my claim to fame, and they would never admit it, but I had a dear friend who really, I just did a tribute to him on the 8th of uh, August. My old pal, Bill Phippen, rest his soul bill had bone cancer and i lost bill many many years ago but he was closer to me as a father than ever a boss it was surreal i would go in first off they snuck me in so for like three weeks i sat in a double tree this was the beginning of my food problem kids (laughs) i just ate enough down the hall with with lance erics You know, he he goes in, eats like does the Hollywood dinner. Done. I'm like, Woo, free pizza. (laughs) Fat boy's going in. (laughs) Call call the airborne. Fat boy found the pies. You know, and I mean it wouldn't be such a problem except now I'm the only man in Lakeland, Florida who can lactate. Which, by the way, kids, you'll be pleased to know, one side's Choco, the other's Nilla. Who wants a swirl? (laughs) Who wants a tasty swirl from Daddy? It's a tasty swirl. Come on, kids. Just vanilla. The little ones love the vanilla. So he was so good to me, and I knew after three weeks I was going to go in and change the face of the station. And what would happen is, was the only time I never had to ask for money. And I remember, we were like six months into the gig. We had already gone to like number four. And this is for like the 38th. We were completely in the toilet. The host was one of these guys who loved Rick Dees. And so everything he did was trying to be like this. Oh, <laughs> snail gets mugged by a turtle. And the police come to take the report. And they say, "What happened?" And the snail says, "I don't know. It all happened so fast." <laughs> Jingle out, <laughs> Ricki's in the morning. Kiss FM. Boom. Hey, here's the latest one from Taylor. Boy, isn't she something? Super. I didn't want to be a part of that, so we had to. We had to go in and dump a giant tub of epicac in the studio and, and blow everyone they had in there out. So it became Fat Boy's domain. I would just go and open up my check and it'd be like $3,000 higher. And I went, being an honest guy, went straight to the finance people and she said, oh no, Thip's happy. That's supposed to be there. But rest his soul, that was my best boss in radio. My other radio experiences with this, we've got a runner, Sector R. Stop the runner, Sector R. Blonde making a break for it, whoop, 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 whoop. Free rubber dog do, aisle nine. Free rubber novelty dog do, aisle nine. Hey, this isn't a peep show. Go on, you kids get out of here. There might be dirty words. You might hear sigmoidoscopy or some other shocking thing. Go on, quit looking. This ain't a brownie meeting. (laughs) Oh, no. That child had terrible gas. (laughs) The George Lowe panel, brought to you today by Lucette Carbonated Prune Thirst Quencher. Now, back to the panel.
0: How did you get the role of Space Ghost?
1: I fell into it. I had been, you know, I lost the radio gig, God rest his soul, Bill died. They couldn't wait to get me out of there, so they canned me. And my mom, rest her soul, I lost mom a year ago. I've been fighting with that like you wouldn't believe. And uh, mom was the one with the stones in the family. She'd say, go see that woman you know at Turner. (laughs) And so I'm down there just knocking on the door like, hey, uh, remember when I was in the audience of that Mayberry reunion? And we were friends anyway and she said, you know what? Come in. And I became like the four brush man only for voiceovers. So I started going from table to table. Have you met Sam with quarters? Go talk to Sam. And Sam's like, yeah, I've got an animal house thing you'd be good for. Hey, have you met Ann Lighthizer? I'm like, no. Hi, Ann. Ann's like, I've got Beastmaster coming up later. Come do the promo. So I kept doing promos, I kept ad-libbing, people kept laughing. And eventually, 1993-ish, Cartoon Network started to germinate. And what happened was all of these people who had been so gracious to let me barge in and start charging them, kept saying, hey, have have you read George Lowe? Have you read George Lowe? Have you read George Lowe? And I walked in, Clay, rest his soul, told me, the, oh no, really? That bad? The army's leaving. <laughs> really? You guys laugh at anything. My God, Jim Neighbor shows up at the USO oh shit and you guys would applaud. <laughs> really? Wait a minute. Galveston or oh, Galveston? <laughs> no? Really? Join the Coast Guard if you're going to leave my panel. (laughs) Well, it proves those two can't deal with the pressure. They cracked. (laughs) That's how they got Noriega. It wasn't the rock music. It was me. They put my ass on the loudspeaker for three hours. Ah, here's a brave man who came in. Well, if the Army's leaving, that might be a show worth attending. (laughs) <laughs> I had a guy ask me the other day if I would do a voicemail. I don't do businesses. And the name of the company was, i got to be careful, but it was Beyond Generations. And the first thing I said to my handler was, I said, is that that thing where they, when they cremate you, they shoot you in a rocket up Heather Locklear? <laughs> I'm really sorry, by the way. I know if some of you have little ones, I'm trying my best to keep it where, you know, it's not... It's not all too frighteningly psychotic. (laughs) This one's double-thinking the whole issue, as I... Can we go to the Pokemon thing? Look, these three are running. The guy from the rum ad said that's it. (laughs) By the way, we saw you put the zucchini down there earlier, so you're not fooling a damn soul. Yeah, come get a photo op with Captain Morgan and his 14-inch zucchini. Sorry. But that's how it happened. And so anyway, Clay, Clay, rest his soul, feel free to applaud. It's just the kind of delusion that made a popular show. Clay told me, he said, do you you remember uh, the whole story? Clay used to, he was kind of, hey, you remember how it happened? And I'm like, no. He told me when I auditioned, they had a curtain over the room I was in. And they had another curtain inside the studio in case I peeked. But I knew from the beginning it was working because I said, I looked at the copy and I was like, what's he supposed to sound like, a dumbass or something? And you could hear the glass going (laughs) And I'm like, I'm scoring with the glass. (laughs) The window moved, beautiful. And the next thing I knew I had it. And then they embraced the ad libs and we had great writers my all-time favorite, you know, Dave Willis, Matt Harrigan. We had a ball. Matt, Matt is such a sicko, Harrigan, he actually got to go write for Letterman. And he got so good at top tens, does anyone remember the Christmas one a few years back where they all came out in period like carolers' costumes? Matt was the one who came up, I swear, seven of that top ten were his. And it was all, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to tell your parents you are gay. (laughs) Number five. We're happy tonight, a beautiful sight. Probably because we're all loaded on gin. And I mean, just one after another, he nailed. So we had the great writers. But then Matt was a master of getting me to just start blathering on about Hose Florida. And I said, Ah, oh, this guy who's renting my warehouse is driving me nuts. He just closed out the lease and left me with like seven hundred left army boots that were all molding. And what am I gonna do? Have a bonfire? Then they'll think Toadie Fields is back from the dead. Uh, seven hundred moldy army boots in a fire. It's like not to say that Toadie was an unpleasant woman, I'm sure she Hygiene's never been paramount in the Catskills comedy circuit.
0: So is it fair to say that the character of Space Ghost came from your improv background, correct?
1: I would say from probably the fourth show. You know, it's funny, because Seinfeld, not that I'm comparing, because those guys were just fantastic. But they were trying to find their voice, kind of. And I knew the second I saw. Does anyone remember the episode that did it? Junior Mint. <laughs> and, you know, Kramer's sitting up there with the junior mints watching the surgery, and he's like, pssst, pssst, trying to get the doctor to slide over so he can see better. It was tremendous. Don't stand at the door and yell when people are having a panel. Move by and keep your loud-ass voice under control. <laughs> a public service message from this station and the Advertising Council. And the fine folks at Tongue Brothers Ball Game Wieners. They plump when you touch them. And buy Patty Puddin'. Pour dry mix in airtight sandy pants. Go for a stroll. In just 30 minutes, you've got savory Patty Puddin'. Now in tapioca. And Waxy Home Bikini Trim Stencil Kit comes complete with eight holiday stencils, including Snowman and Douglas Fir. <laughs> Six more people left. <laughs> What'd you do last night? We saw an old man just kind of ranting off a bunch of bull crap.
0: How, how did you guys edit the voice work on Coast to Coast? Because I've heard sometimes you were in the room with them, sometimes on the phone, sometimes they didn't even talk to you at all.
1: It, it was uh, in the beginning, give or take the first 30 interviews or so were me. Oh, don't come in like it's an Amway meeting. Sit down already. No one's going to sell you dish drops. Why would that cute girl be hanging out with those two guys? Am I right, are they a pair of pant loads or what? I'm sorry, boys, that was totally uncalled for. I'm old and cranky and I'm jacked up on pizza and Coca-Cola. <laughs> that ought to make for an interesting visit for the maids tomorrow. <laughs> eh, one of those things on the door from the hospital? <laughs> Stay out. Gown and mask before entering. Please use double gloves. Oh, here's the lady. Hello, I'll just come casually late to the thing. I'll just walk in whenever it's good for me. No one will ever notice. When everybody else was on time. <laughs> <laughs> now you have angered me. <laughs> Please, sir, I'm Dorothy, the meek and- Silence! Whippersnapper! Look at this guy. He's not quite sure. Yeah, yeah I don't know. let's go over there and get the Pokemon. They got the, seeing his his smarter friend is going, no, come on, it's funny. It's all right. It's an old man ranting and raving. And there's Felix Silla. No, wait a minute, that's somebody's kid. (laughs) Oh, that was shitty, wasn't it? I love Felix. We were on the radio today, and I swear I went in, and the guy believed me. I said, you know, uh, Felix went first, and when I went in the room, I said, you know, he used to be L.A.'s number one porn actor. True story, they called him the Anaconda. I'm sorry, did I get close to answering something?
0: It doesn't really matter at this point. First 30 interviews
1: were me. Carol Channing was mine. Uh, I had uh, Michael Stipe was mine. Jonathan Richmond and I, we were the two guys who when they put us together, my God, that was like mixing your bases and acids. Richmond is like Mr. Experiment. And he's so great at making up the songs. Oh, sure, just poke your head in, then leave. That's not offensive. <laughs> I think there's a man over there with a the G.I. Joe doll. We'll go see him instead. That's better than that George Lopez, you know. So, gosh, I'm trying to remember who all we have. Batman was mine. I embarrassed him like you wouldn't believe. Adam and, West, right? Adam West. In radio, he would never do anything. He was still kind of hanging on to, you know, the whole Batman thing. And I wrote an episode of this fake Batman thing in radio, and I said, Adam, I thought it would be fun. I'll be the bad guy, Mr. Drool, and you say this. And it was, you all never take me, Drool. I'm wearing my extra-absorbent Bat-thermal underwear. He does one of these. Son, hand on the arm, son, that makes Batman sound as though he's not in control of himself. (laughs) And I said, Batman's at the auto show. So that's where that came from and that's when they started using the outtakes. But he said to me one year in Orlando after we had him on, I finally got Space Ghost, things got hip and then he got what we were doing. In radio, it wouldn't have worked. But he came up to me and was shaking my hand, gave me one of those grandpa shakes where, you know, they don't let go. And every shake, you're punctuating a syllable. It's like, I have to tell you how many people told me how much, I told you kids, quit selling that band chocolate in here. Get out of here with that. (laughs) I kid, I kid. No, grab a chair, be comfortable. Look at this. What amount of stuff did this guy buy in this place? He's got the wedding Adam West doll. uh, You what? Oh, I'm scared to ask now. (laughs) By the way, I've got a question for the Doctor Who people. If you lose your TARDIS, do you have to retard us? Oh, Oh, come on, you write something. So Adam's giving me this big handshake and telling me how much he loved the show. And at one point, they say, will you do the announcements? I said, sure. And I get on the speaker, and it's like, at 2 o'clock, the Pokemon panel. At 3 o'clock, meet Rico Browning, the creature from the Black Lagoon. And at 4 o'clock, get your picture with Adam West at the Batmobile. And be sure to ask him about the dead hooker in the trunk. He's across the room, I've got line of sight, and all I see is... I can't believe he said that. It was great. One of my best stories about him and Lou Ferrigno, Lou, of course, my heart has been flaky, Mr. Fat Boy having five pieces of pizza for dinner. They were little, it was California pizza kitchens, five of them make one. (laughs) That's my logic in bizarro world. (laughs) Pass out a cheese block the size of Toadie Fields tomorrow morning. But Adam, they had me in the Dragon Con parade one year and I couldn't resist. He's uh, like two cars ahead of me in the Batmobile. It was one of the really good replica Batmobiles. Somehow they made it out of a pacer (laughs) <laughs> I'll wait No, it was a real Batmobile And he's riding along And I'm telling the people in my car It's like a smacks of de- desperation, don't it? And they're all laughing And The whole parade, mind you I'm like in some convertible Aries K From Chrysler The one even Lee Iacocca wouldn't ride in And they've got me in that, and there's like a dot matrix thing on the door. You couldn't read my name, and people are going, George Love. At the last minute, one of the geniuses at Dragon Con hands me a bullhorn and says, here, have some fun. So the whole parade route, I'm on Adam like flies on a rib roast. (laughs) The whole parade route, it's, that is not the real Batman The real Batman is not 118. The real Batman does not keep tux in the utility belt. The real Batman does not wear a truss under the purple underwear. The real Batman, the whole parade is just merciless. I get back, I had had heart symptoms. The room at lunch is empty nothing happening, it's a ghost town. So the whole lunch break, I'm sitting there with Lou Ferrigno now telling me heart stories. Oh yeah, my cousin Vinny, I remember at his wedding, he went to dance, you know, with his sister and, dead. And I'm like, thanks for telling me that, Lou. Yeah, you know, another one, I went to the old country, saw my cousin Luigi, yeah, they were having a celebration, he danced, dead. (laughs) Lou's telling me these dead stories. Here comes Adam. I knew it was going to happen. Well, Lou doesn't know that Adam and I have always done this since Orlando and the hooker in the trunk. So, so Adam comes strolling up. It was like watching one of those nature films. You know, you got like a, a little cute innocent animal over here and like, here comes Adam. You know it's coming. He's going to kill me. And he's got his assistant with him. Comes up, doesn't make eye contact, looks at all my pictures, and goes, "Wow, Fred, things are really dead here at George's table." Turns around, walks out. <laughs> Ferrigno doesn't know we do this. Lou, still at the time, did not have the implant, the cochlear implants, so you could hear him, you know, for like three nautical miles. And Lou goes, "Oh, don't worry about him. He's an asshole." <laughs> so I'm thinking, how cool is that? My career as face ghost is over, and I got the Hulk defending me from Batman. <laughs> Does it get any sweeter?
0: What questions do you guys have for George? Are yeah, you hey, brave hey, enough to ask him a question? Is the first I promise
1: question. I'll try and keep the answers more brief so we can actually do something in the back. Oh, yeah, and please yell, because I'm deaf as a post. Oh, we got a microphone? Just like meet the press.
0: I don't know, but... I have
1: a follow-up question about the trade embargo with China and the potential ramifications on Wall Street. Do you feel that confronting China directly or threatening a minimal trade embargo would be more effective? I'm sorry. No, I'm quite used to it. At home, I never get the chance to speak. I'm almost mute over there. Is anybody else hearing him? (laughs) Boy, am I far gone. There's just nothing left. Anyway, is it just me, or do you kind of sound like Optimus Prime from Transformers? Somebody tell me what he said.
0: Do you sound like Optimus Prime from Transformers?
1: Who do I sound like? Optimus Prime. Oh, I guess that's a compliment. Maybe he sounds like me. (laughs) <laughs> How about that? You know, I, would, I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to be one of those things that walks up, but instead of saying scary stuff, just say really uncomfortable. Oh, sure, come in late, then leave early when it's not funny enough for you. Fine. <laughs> Free Pokemon stuff, aisle 12. Free. Wow, I fed back. I had a Jimi Hendrix. Audio guy's loving me. Aren't you glad you didn't pull the Neumanns out for me? I got your back. <laughs> so, uh, I always wanted, yeah, I, I mean, I wanted to be like a robot, only like Robbie and Forbidden Planet. I wanted to come in and go, you really have a sweet pair of knobs towards Robbie. I am, Mo- what was it, Morbius? I am Morbius.
0: Yes. yes. Optimus. The
1: Valerathon party all got enemas and died. They gave them helium enemas and they exploded.
0: I think Transformers would have been a lot better with George as the voice of Optimus. What do you guys think?
1: And he needs the work, so you kids who are tight with producers, be, be sure and keep Daddy in mind.
0: In the audience, questions? Anybody, look right, up right up there. Ryan.
1: The man with Carlos Santana's facial hair. It's all you, Daddy. What's happening here? Oh, she's coming to help. Okay. It's I'll just be- pour another big sugary drink. That ought to help.
0: I think so. Uh, Speaking of facial hair, tell (laughs) me anything and everything when it comes to Dad from the Brack Show.
1: Father. Any Father fans from the Brack Show? (laughs) Yay. Um, Well, the funny thing is, they had read everybody in the city. I didn't even know they were casting. And I'm sure it was Lazo going, He's made enough damn money off of us already. And finally, they went, we've read everybody in town. And Pete Smith was like, you know, you're going to have to call him sooner or later. So I went in and, and nailed it. At first, I thought it would be really funny because he was so tiny and everybody else was normal size. The very first thing I did was, because he was that tiny, I started trying to do kind of a berry thing, yeah. Hey, mama, why don't you bring that big buddy of yours over here? Oh, yeah. So we tried the Barry White thing, and then they were like, it's funny, but no. And then we tried a couple of other experiments, and then finally I said, you know, when you wear the stretch pants to the Festival of Toast, the, the, each one of your little, you know, your bouncy-bouncies in the back It looked just like every one of them is a little Sony portable television going boom, 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 you know? And so another mix of great writing, another mix of really sick, you know, Andy going in and just being out of his mind. They were worried about Andy and me. We actually were ankle-braceleted around the complex so we didn't get off the grounds. (laughs) They had that white ball thing from the prisoner chasing us, you know, if we tried to escape. (laughs) <laughs> yes. why'd you go to the doctor I had a giant white ball it's two jokes for the price of one all the way in the back again not the same guy Second. look guy at him grabbing person. the mic it's like those ballsy oh, people sorry, on Price is Right <laughs> Drew oh. I would like to say hello to my cousin Floyd my aunt Mildred my, my cousin Debbie who has sepsis from sitting on an airport toilet I'm sorry, go ahead my friend. Can you talk about the ant episode? The ant episode. Well, it's further proof of just the kind of sick people I dealt with because uh, they said, now we're gonna need you to hum for roughly 15 minutes. So for fifteen minutes I sat comfortably and just do <laughs> I'm gonna follow this ant all the way home. And I'm gonna kill him and his family. <laughs> These two are leaving. Oh no, more military leaving the building. (laughs) It's the sailor from the Cracker Jack box. (laughs) By the way, am I the only one, does the prize suck now? It's always some flat sticker. You get nothing good anymore because the stupid people have ruined it for everybody. (laughs) Uh, Here's a cast lead choo-choo train. I wonder what happened when I eat it. It's stuck. I can't get it to go down. You're waiting for the next morning, you know, with the strainer under the toilet, waiting for the damn thing to pop out, hopefully. That's good for day one. Six more cars to go.
0: Miles right there.
1: Hello, Miles. (laughs)
0: Okay, so I mainly had a question.
1: Wait a minute, too soft and sexy. (laughs) Hey, am I right, girls? This one will get you as moist as a Duncan Hines devil's food cake. (laughs) Say, I had a question, Space Ghost. How are you always so sexy? (laughs) I'm really sorry. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay, that's the end of the panel. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Drive safely.
0: I was mainly wondering the whole behind-the-scenes process as to how they you take a character like Space Ghost, who, yeah. like in a, in way back in the day, was considered to be like more of a serious hero. No, the oh, the original. How, like, yeah, like, the, what's the whole process? What, you know, it's
1: almost like having the Pope give you a blessing. Yeah. Because we did an episode called Warren. And it's funny, because every show I do anywhere in the country, I always get that one angry guy my age who comes up and goes, are you the original?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, and usually it's a guy that smells like tang, chlorine, and fart. And has a head like a prawn. And I go, yeah, I'm 108 years old, and the name matches, right? The name matches George Lowe. But the great thing was, and I tell these guys, and it always annoys them, I say, you know, Gary Owens came in and did the show with us. We did an episode called Warren, where we channeled Gary's spirit through a talking hedge (laughs) named Warren, played by Colonel Bruce Hampton from Sling Blade. And, uh, hold hands and repeat after me, we're gonna summon the spirit of Gary. And, of course, Gary was completely on. I remember way back in 1965 when Mr. Barbera and Mr. Hanna gave me this wonderful job. Uh-oh. Another runner, Sector R. No, he's sitting down again. Your junk just shifted, wasn't it? It was a junk shifting issue. Now, see, I'm much more courteous about that. No one understands more than us guys if the doodle gets pinched. Am I right? Who hasn't had that Kmart underwear at least once?
0: So what was your whole thought process as to, like, taking a character like that from the 60s who who was considered to be more serious? I didn't
1: go in, you know, at first, like the first two or three before Seinfeld found their voice on Junior Mint, I was kind of going in, and there was a little bit of a tribute in my first couple, kind of, hold on, Jan, we're going and vessel. There was a little bit of that. But the stuff that started to work was the stuff where it was just me yapping. And that's when they were like, the poor kids who were like doing time code, the interns, were all coming out. Most of them are traveling with carnivals now because they got like lobster claws from trying to do time code on me. It's like, okay, 15, 7 seconds and 9 frames, 15, 18 seconds and 12 frames, 15, 21 seconds, you know. We were having a ball with it. And these guys would come out at the end of the day going, two more hours of this crap. I can't do it. We'd make them do it, of course. We had very powerful electric shock systems (laughs) embedded in their genitalia. And we would glue the pins right to their hands. But it was funny how the rock bands were the ones who knew. They're like, these guys have just taken everything that's normal in television and blown it out of the water. You know, Metallica was there, Tom York, Michael Stipe, David Byrne, Donny Osmond. I knew Donny for years in radio, so when he looked mad, that was for real. When he said, how did you get this job? I'm like, what, you're supposed to have them all? And by the way, it was quid pro quo. I had to do his show. (laughs) Well, okay, I'll do your crap, but you've got to come on mine, and you've got to give the audience a copy of Surf and Turf. What do we care? Made them for three cents a piece. We bought them from the knockoff people in Times Square. My management's so stupid, they turned around and said, yeah, but it's cheaper. <laughs> Why would we pay Rhino in that relationship? Go back to that guy with the lazy eye in Times Square. Who would you... Look, there's a question right there. Uh, yeah. Wait a minute, we've got get Take the microphone. Away. Is the microphone lady there? Oh, look at you.
0: Ready to go. So now that Adult Swim offers uh, the episodes to stream... Um, I've noticed that there are some episodes that have been like scrubbed from existence. I was wondering stretched, if. Stretched, I'm sorry, to. Scrubbed from existence. So, like, you can't. You know, find the whole something.
1: show is a damn stretch when you think about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? I was wondering if there are some celebrities that get pissed off after they see the episode. Air oh! And then they don't
1: want. Paul back. Westerberg.
0: Which episode was that? Yeah,
1: about? yeah, the, the big rock star, Paul Westerberg, who nobody hears about anymore. Bye, Paul! <laughs> from the replacements. (laughs) He came in, and one of our riders, you know, and the riders all sounded like they had been in the the back of the building with a hookah, you know. (laughs) So, Paul, would you like to ask Zorak a question? (laughs) And he rips the mic off and goes, you know, blank this, and walks out, and of course, our genius talent coordinator goes running after him. Paul, would you sign the release so we can use you getting mad? He was out the door, he was having none of it. Yeah, there been there've been one or two. The Bee Gees weren't so much mad. They were filthy. They had been with Howard Stern before. And I've seen the, the outtakes, and it's basically Robin and Barry pushing their groins into the camera, going, Hey Space Ghost, here you go. Yes, yeah, Space Ghost, here's something for you. Ha, 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 ha. And now most of them are dead. I'm not saying we had anything to do with it. <laughs> Ooh, it's her fault. She ran in front of the speaker. Don't blame me. Talk to Susie Audio Pants. Yes, right there. So Space Ghost
0: really changed like animation, especially you. kind of adult and late night animation. God bless you. Are there are there shows that come out now that you think feel like carry the torch or that you love?
1: Um Well, you know, I, I've always been And always will be, perhaps. The only other game in town with us was The Simpsons, which had been on like two or three years before. And at the end of the day, great ad-libbers, amazing talent, amazing money. Oh, God, just one more at bat, you guys. Because when I was there, I was still doing radio. I had my freelance. I didn't know from Screen Actors Guild. And now I'm proud to be a member of the guild, but my agent, who I just fired, was so bad I never got any work. Seth Green's the only one, really, who throws me a bone that keeps me hip. And we did one uh, American dad for Seth MacFarland. And I'm almost embarrassed to say, you know, you take your money in our business. When somebody pulls up to the door and they hand you a shovel load of money, you have to take it. And in 2015, I don't know if you guys ever caught it, that was my voice in front of 24 million people, opening the third presidential debate. <laughs> they wanted Sam Elliott. Well, Sam Elliott's like a million dollars to make him go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, oh, whoa. Boy, that's a big in there. Whoa. Uh, ain't much paper in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> God. And so I turn around, and I started channeling Sam, and I was live from the University of Colorado in Boulder, the 2015 Republican presidential debate. And I just, the whole time in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, thank Roadhouse. Think Roadhouse. <laughs> Breaks the guy's knee, and I'm going, that hurt like hell, don't it? So that was me, and I think, I think really I killed myself with that. I think, honest to God, it's such a weird business that it's like, oh, no, we can never use him because he did the Republican thing. And it was the night Donald lost his mind. Remember, be quiet, little Marco. Quiet, the adults are talking, little Marco. And he got and poor Megan. Kelly is just sitting there trying to do her job. And the whole thing, by the way... The whole night ended in insanity. The whole damn thing was supposed to be about money. Does anyone remember that? And I thought, well, who's gonna go in and have a discussion and tell him how you make a buck? Win, lose, or draw, any way you slice it, the guy's gonna, you know, have chunks of them in his small intestine the next morning. But no, you're doing it wrong. You're not gonna succeed with T-bills. T-bills are a joke. What you gotta do is put a hotel with giant shiny letters Big pretty things, half-naked women inside bringing free alcohol. Then you got a White House, the Trump White House. You put a big neon Trump in front of a Trump White House. George Washington, I don't know, the picture needs to be updated. Some new clothing, a nice botany 500 suit, maybe. Co-sponsor the portraits in the White House. Sell space, sell real estate, let, let you know Microsoft come in. Maybe let Tesla come in, Elon Musk. Who should also have his own cologne? Don't you think? Wouldn't it be great, Musk? Musk. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is. Have I talked too long? There. Wow, forty-five damn minutes. You know, somebody should give him a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people keep saying podcast. I don't know how you make a living with that. You don't. But believe me or not, have believe it or not, having you here has helped because it helps you stay on track and keep funny things coming out somehow. Phone lady's giving up over there, or microphone lady. George, thank
0: you so much. Is this, that it? We're
1: done? We're, we're done. Will you guys
0: give it now up for George Lowe?
1: Thank you. Come see me at the table. Come Please visit. Buy lots of shit so I can retire.